Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Mark Worrell from Love to Move. I'm joined by Sam Hunter from Home Search. Sam, hello. I don't know about you, but I am counting down to Christmas whilst trying not to wind down, not winding down, um, but counting down. I know you've, you've had um, all of your stuff going out on social media recently. How is it for you guys? Is that countdown well and truly on now? I think you've hit a nail on the head. Uh, good morning. Good morning, listeners. Or good day, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. We've got to stop saying good morning because we release at 8 o'clock at night and we record at 8 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't make a lot of sense, <laughs> but anyway. Um, I, yeah, I think you've, uh, you said that beautifully. There's a, you can count down without winding down. Um, we, had our, we do like a Monday morning like full meeting of everybody in the business and we talk about um, what happened last week, good and bad. Um, everyone gives a little bit of an update of where they are in their professional life and their personal life and then we sort of uh, ideally will talk about something motivational, something that will get people going and everything. And yesterday we just sort of said like effectively, guys, We've got 10 business days left. Um, yes, there's some work days after that Friday the 18th, but will anything really happen? Not so much. I think probably it'll be a good couple of days for our developers because they won't get bothered by our guys coming to them with like, hey, can you do this? Or one of my accounts said they really want this. Can you work on that? Um, so they might actually have some peace and quiet for those days. But uh, yeah, we're still marching forward hell for leather between now and the 18th. I think this year's... Uh, a bit unlike any year we usually close down over Christmas we're going to keep a few people working because it's going to be like there's going to be activity and if people need support from us uh, we need to be there mm-hmm. so yeah, you've nailed it you can count down without winding down um, I decided to take an early mark this year so I'm off from the 18th um, and I am really looking forward to it but I'm not going to let yeah, my I've, I've got a lot to do <laughs> between now and then you know and I, I said this to one of my guys yesterday I was like um, like I'm not, I know you're busy, but can I have a moment in time? I was like, of course you can. Um, but it means that last night, you know, I was sat here looking at my computer at quarter past eight just to make sure that uh, when the 4th of January rolls around, you're not playing catch up, you know? And I think yeah. that's a really important way to use this time, even if you're, and we'll talk about what you're up to at the moment because I'm really impressed, particularly over the last week of what you've been doing. But you, if you use this time to tie off all of those loose ends, get everything ready. You know, it's a bit like, you know, when you clean your room and it feels really nice <laughs> and everything's in the right yeah. place or you clean your house and you're like, oh. and then suddenly, uh, you know, one meal later, you've got dishes piling up, you've got stuff everywhere and it feels, this is that really good time to clean your room. You know, this is a great time to have yeah. everything in order. So that when you come back in on the fourth or the fifth or the 11th or whenever it is that you decide to come back to work and really attack the new year, everything's where it should be. You know, it gives you the best opportunity just to come in and, and start steamrolling again. Yeah, I'm just looking at my desk thinking, actually, that would really help. I, I moved offices a couple of months ago and there's still a pile of papers in my old office. And my wife said to me, this might be a bit of a viewpoint into my life. My wife said to me, you've got to clear that up before the end of the year. So I was like, yeah, yeah I'll do it. And then I suppose one of my learnings over the last year has probably been and particularly with what you said about the prospecting that I'm doing put it in the diary so I didn't have time to clean the desk that day but I put it in my diary for a day next week because what gets scheduled gets done so 
I've got that in the diary. So if you are listening to this, we're going to release this tonight. It is now the 8th of December. We recorded last Thursday um, the actual interview, which we'll, we'll lead into in a minute. But um, if you listen to this this week, put some time in the diary next week to actually get that um, tidying, sorting um, done so that when you come back into the in, in the new year, you are ready to hit the ground running because I think that's really important and like you I'm taking a few days um that final week I bet loads of people are because kids are off school and all of this but actually I'm really looking forward to it we're going to spend a bit of family time um we hope that we'll be able to go and see Rachel's um family with the different tier rules and what have you so whilst I'm not socializing with all my friends that we would normally do in December we're going to have some really important time but I know to take that time I've got to put the effort in now um and actually it really helps with my, I suppose, drive and determination to hit the goals that we've talked about, um, knowing that I'm going to then reward myself with you know, a few days off and, and being able to shut down. Mm. And I think that's what it's all about. If, if, that's the whole point of having a goal is you know what you're working towards. There is something at the end of it. Work without a goal is just tough. You know, um, <laughs> it's really, really like massively unenjoyable if you don't know where you're going, if you don't have something to strive towards. Um, it's why, like, if you think about running, right, if I am running towards a goal and I've got a couple of goals, I've got a short term goal, which is speed related. I've got a medium term goal, which is to just actually run another half marathon before, well, it was going to be this year. It didn't happen. So it's now next year. Um, and then yeah. by the, the end of my thirties decade, I will run an ultra marathon. Um, and that keeps me motivated to go for anything over 50 Ks. So yeah, it sounds like it's huge, right? And it's like, if you can run a marathon, I mean, not, not that I'm saying running a marathon is easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's only another eight Ks. So uh, I've got six and a half years to train and that. get ready for it. I think the thing to do that is to set a target because those targets are good, but I think you set a target and then set a time target with that. So I want to run an ultra marathon in this um i've been into my running this year never ever been a runner before um but it really helped me in lockdown I carried it on difficult this time of year though but i went out last night i listened to some fantastic podcasts um from stephen brown listened to the end of the nigel isner neil martin one yesterday and also jeb blount who we talk about on today's interview um his weight acronym why am I talking that you mentioned on, on Stevens and the power of silence and negotiation? Absolutely amazing. If you listen to this, I implore you to go and listen to um, Stephen's podcast as well about his lunchtime learnings. I've taken a lot from that. And that sort of rolls around in everything that we're doing, implementing the lessons that we're learning on, on these podcasts. I've hit my accountability target uh, again this week, hit it yesterday, hit it a lot easier actually. Um, this week than than previous and maybe it was a little bit easier because starting to see the results and the hard work pay off which today's guest is going to talk about um i reached out to him last night as a bit of an update because we recorded this on thursday as i said we're now on tuesday he <coughs> sorry excuse me he has also started to see the market appraisals that he's booked from the accountability um turning on to instructions which is really really impressive mm. um you know the 30 days work if you to work for 30 days Jeb Barnes says it then you know, happens in the next 90 days I'm starting to see the results today's guest is already starting to see the results just shows that this stuff works it's really really effective 100% and and like to to speak on your the work that you've sort of been putting in um, it's what four weeks now I think um, since you've put this into play this will be and this will be week five uh, when we're talking about this conversation next week and 
from it's easy for me with a bird's eye view from the outside looking in because um, you send me your numbers every day and we talk about it and you know in the early mm-hmm. days some days were some days were better than others you know there was peaks and troughs but particularly last week and i think you hit the nail on the head when you're like i was i kind of hit what i wanted to do easy this week but it's just the consistency that you showed you know you were doing that 20 mile march every day you were like right get in do my work see a result move on get in do my work see a result move on and it's not an easy thing to do because it's taken five weeks i think for you to get to that consistent level which is normal because it's challenging to change behaviors at the start you know that's that's just the, the way it is but you see it now you know we're recording this podcast and we're going to wrap it up soon enough so that you can get in do the work and move on you know yeah yeah i think um last night on social media there's a bit of a chat about podcast, um, in, in, impressive podcast. I asked our listeners, you know, what your favourite episode was this year, and I'm sure we'll talk about this uh, in more detail maybe next week. Mm. Um, but today's guest actually talked about the Michael Bailey um, interview. And at the time when we did it, I thought, yeah, it was a good interview, but actually the effect that it's had on me, had on our business and on today's guest has been so profound. I think it probably is, you know, the episode this year that has had the most impact i can see that i've done that i've done that learning so i want to thank you know um michael thank you and also the listeners because having this public accountability has definitely helped me um start to achieve the numbers um and i'm really excited about where that goes you know moving into the future me too you know it's been i think when we started this 18 months ago that first six months was fun and we talked to a lot of cool people um and we learned a lot about what we you know would deem or what our listeners and what our guests would deem to be world-class estate agency this year because of everything that we've been through has had a bit of a different feel and i think we've gone inside a little bit more and a lot of the answers if you go back and listen to everything are more intrinsic than anything else um and again that's kind of what you know performance is all about um is about getting yourself right and then moving forward because uh, if you get yourself right you can get your practices right you get them right results end up being right and the rest usually takes care of itself it's easy to say more much more difficult to do but a continual journey (laughs) um awesome let's let's dive in and introduce today's guest uh, today's guest has been a stalwart of the Manchester property market since 2003 and since 2006 has been serving the Mary Ashton community almost 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What is abundantly clear when you talk to this guy is that he loves our industry and he challenges himself to improve for his colleagues, for his clients, for his family and for himself every single day. Friend of the show, perhaps friend of all shows and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet from the internet, Tom McGee. Welcome to your long overdue debut of the World Class Agency podcast. Nice. Nice to uh, have you on, Tom. Thanks very much for joining us. I was saying to Sam before you joined us, actually, it's really weird. We've never spoken, but I feel like um, I really know you from a lot of interactions we've had online. So it's, it's great to actually finally have this chat. And this came about from you messaging, messaging us the other day about the accountability that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Um, and I believe it's something that you're putting into place within your own office. Can you can you talk us through that when you've done it? How's it, how's it going? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I message you guys because what you were talking about doing in terms of your call numbers and trying to just create that as a habit was literally the same process that we've been going through in the office and having conversations about. So um, we 
have been like all agents extremely busy since we came back out of lockdown in May and if we're being honest lots of reaction to the activity in the market and not a lot of proactivity has been taking place um, and what what's happened is we've had a good end to the year but we haven't necessarily uh, I don't know uh, stoke you know stoke the fire for next year if you know what I mean um, so uh, what we've decided to do is go back to something that we did a, a while ago which is just consistent outbound calling in allocated time block sessions so um, having tweaked it a bit we have half the team doing outbound calling the first hour of the day, nine till 10, and the other half of the team do outbound calling one till two. Um, and it's just about trying to get everybody to make a minimum of 15 calls in that hour and speak to people who we wouldn't be speaking to otherwise effectively. Why have you decided to do it now? Uh, well, I think, Number one, because in theory, we're going to be quieter this month. Um, uh, actually, in reality, we, it hasn't seemed to got that much quieter so far. Um, but, but, but we wanted to try and establish the habit of outbound telephone prospecting before we go back in the new year and we become busy again and we just get back into that reactive mode. And I think if we, you know, what we're trying to do is establish the habit that we will then try and stick to all year effectively. I think it's a great time to be establishing those habits and what you said there about time blocking, setting targets. So can you talk about um, when you implemented when you implemented this and how long do you think it will take for results to, um, to appear? And also how the team have reacted to um, having to make 15 calls in, in the hour, please, Sam. Uh, yeah, so in terms of when we implemented it, uh, we are recording this on Thursday morning and we implemented it on Monday. So it, <laughs> okay, cool. it's, pre, it's, pretty, it's pretty fresh in terms of the implementation. We spent last week just thinking about how we were going to do it and making sure we had the, the call list set up and things like that. In terms of what results have we got from it, well, we've booked five appraisals so far this week from those call-out sessions. So I would say nice. instant good results. Um, and um, what, what, what that's done is given the team a boost because it's actually shown, number one, it's worth doing. And number two, it's reinforced the point that I've been making, which is there is so much business out there that we are just not interacting with because we're just focusing on the people who are calling in and emailing and, and things like that. So, um, so far, they've reacted to it positively. Um, well, you know, we've, we've just got to see. I think, I think the key is to, although it's great that we've put the five appraisals, what we don't want to do is focus too much on that. I want them buying into the, the process. So we're talking very much about who are we calling? Who are we connecting with? How many conversations are we having? Right, and, and if we get if we get an appraisal out of it, or if we get um, you know financial services referral out of it, that's brilliant. But what I'm trying to say to them is, if we build these relationships and start and start having people who want to answer the phone to us, then that will pay off long term all next year and the year after and the year after and so on. So then sure. let's. Uh, stay on the like prospecting elevator and go a level deeper, if that makes sense, um, and talk about the process. What? So, what are you talking about? What is not not what is the call script? Because we sort of actively try and move away from call scripts. But what are you trying to encourage as the reason for picking up the telephone and, and talking to these people? 
we 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 discussed last week with the team where we're going to have a script, um, and uh, we decided that the problem with scripts, and I don't know who I stole this line off, is that you it relies on the other person to know their their part of the script. So <laughs> what we've said is, look, the you know we're humans, they're humans. We're just ringing up to say hello. We've not spoken to you for a while. Where are you up to with things? How have things progressed since the last time we spoke to you? And is there anything we can do to help now? And if not, we'll speak to you again in the future. Um, and, and we're just trying to sort of literally see, see where that conversation takes us. And did you role play, or if, we, if you listen to this bit of podcast practice, that call before you set the team off, or was it kind of bang straight in? Honestly, no, we just said, look, let's pick up the phone and start ringing people. Um, you know, I think because we weren't going down a highly scripted route, because we've just literally said, look, these are people who've given us their details previously. We're not cold calling people who, who maybe, maybe have given us their details from a Facebook advert but never spoken to. We're, we're literally ringing the database of you know, past valuations, completed sales, people who've registered as a buyer who have properties to sell, you know, so perhaps wrongly, I didn't think it needed that much preparation. I just think this is a case of AFDI. We just need to pick up the phone and do it. Yeah, and you've had the immediate results as well. So you would um, you would say that you know that that way of working has, has really worked for you. I'm really impressed by by market appraisals in three days is is fantastic results. You must be pretty pleased with that start. Well, yeah, start. So especially because um, in total we booked seven market appraisals in those three days. So had we not known those people, this would be looking at a very different week. You know? Yeah. Can I ask about the feeling about uh, making these calls now versus this time last week before anyone had actually picked up a phone and, and done this? Certainly results uh, instill a sense of like calm in people, I think, and that, that fear, and that's why people don't pick up the phone, right? It's because they don't want to get rejected. They think absolute worst case scenario, someone's going to tell me to sod off. Um, is there a different vibe now? Do people come in there like, okay, let's go book another five before Friday, you know? Um, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that they are, I think we're still in the habit setting section of this process. So definitely, it, I think we definitely need to be reminding people, oh, look, we said we'd do these calls at nine and one, let's jump on the calls. No, no, leave that admin to later, we can do that later, you know, because because I think people will naturally look for things to do rather than do this outbound calling. Um, and I think that's why yeah. we've got to really sort of nail down just the habit is we're going to ring these people and, you know, and we're just going to consistently ring people. It doesn't matter whether we get any results out of it. And once we... Um, I, I sometimes pe uh, talk to people in the office about the two cues, quantity and quality. Once we've na nailed the quantity of the calls, we'll worry about the quality of them afterwards. But if we can start making a number of calls, as we've seen already, businesses can come from it. But more importantly, they will, they and we, the customers and us, will realise that we are not just about reacting to the latest property that's on the market or the latest right move email lead kind of have a view in. But, it, you know, we're about trying to develop relationships with people in the community. Yeah. And that's the key, I think. If you guys, we, we talk about all the time, becoming the conduit of information in your marketplace. You know, so if you're calling people and offering something and then just saying, thanks very much, I'm here if you need me, mm -hmm. they have a far different opinion of you 
you know, then if you call them just to say, I'm in your street at 4.15 next Wednesday afternoon, do you want a free no obligation market appraisal? You know, which maybe one or two others are. And then there's 45 others who don't even do that. You know, they might shove something through the letterbox that says just sold in 30 days or whatever it might be, you know? Yeah, totally agree. Sam asked before, Tom, um, why are you doing this now rather than two weeks ago? There might be some people in the industry that think, oh, we'll set that up and we'll, we'll set it up for January. So why now, as we come into December and people think, oh, it's time to wind down a little bit, why now and, and not in January? Is it because you want to set those habits? Yeah, 100%. And I think there's also an element of, um, I remember um, Ailey Thompson, the decathlon, used to train on, of the Catholic, used to train on Christmas Day. And he used to say, I train on Christmas Day, but I know none of my competitors will be doing. And we've always tried to have that approach to December. Um, we've always thought, well, look, this is when all the other agents are going to take their foot off the gas. They're going to say, it's quiet. That's what they're going to be saying to their vendors and to their applicants. And if we are creating activity in the market, that will give us a head start in January, basically. Do you think that that's what we spoke to? Um... Heather Staff from Spectre last week, and she mentioned that it, that uh, what she saw really well through like the lockdown this year, which I think could be considered to be a really long Christmas day, right? Mm -hmm. Was that the agents that kept their activity high were the ones that uh, like hit the ground running. It's something that Mark's seen, it's something that we've seen as well. It kind of makes common sense, I think. Um, is that like, the same sort of mentality as to where you are now it's it's let's just instill in us a, a culture of high activity no matter what day it is no matter what time of year it is so that we always have high results moving forward yeah 100 percent. and i think actually that word culture is really really important for this entire conversation because i think that that what we are trying to do here in this office is establish a culture of high performance and a culture of success and um, it's funny, funny, on one of the Facebook groups this morning, John Paul has posted something about you, you don't get success without hard work. And that's got to be a crucial part of everyone's understanding is that if we want to, if we want to have a successful 2021, it's not going to come just because we have our name above a shop and we're sat there waiting for people to come to us. We're going to have to create activity and we're going to have to do so consistently. And um, if we don't, then we won't have the year that we want to have. I really like that, that culture of, of high performance. And I know you're really big into your learnings and stuff, and you can hear that coming through in, in the conversations that we have. just want to go back to something Sam said and he, how he likened lockdown to Christmas Day. So I don't know what Christmas Day is like in Australia, mate, but lockdown was a pretty shitty Christmas Day for me. Um, None of my family listen to this podcast, so it's pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure listen might have something to say about that. Um, Tom, just talking... Um, Practicalities for a minute. Um, how are you recording the calls? Um, you talked about the practicalities of using the time blocks. I'm reckoning maybe you listened to Peter Rowling's last week as well. Um, you're talking to the practicalities of time blocks. How are you actually recording the calls and are they going straight into the CRM and updating because Jeb Blount and Fanatical Prospecting says get out your CRM time block and just get it on a piece of paper so you've got no distractions? Yeah, so um, unfortunately, our current phone system doesn't give us the data that we would like with regards to recording the calls. So we have literally created an A4 piece of paper 
with four columns, which is calls, connects, leads, appointments. And we're doing a five-bar yeah. gate, which, which may not be the most sort of um, uh, tech-savvy way to do it, but it, it, it's working. People can visually see the more calls we make, the more connects we get, the more connects we get, the more appointments we see, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in terms of in and out of the CRM, um, I'm 50-50 about it. I think that, that there's a lot of time duplication if we're writing down notes to put onto the CRM later on down the line. But for example, if somebody's booking an appraisal, I don't want them to spend 15 minutes of the, the, the hour, 45 minutes to an hour that they've got allocated putting that on the system. Um, so I think it's a, it's a blend of that approach. In an ideal world, we would, we would be on mobiles, in an office, with a call list, with no computer in front of us, just literally bashing out the calls, but, you know, we're not in that ideal world. Yeah, I, I, I've been using the exact same process, Tom. I've come out of RCRM. I've got names, numbers, and notes on a, on a piece of paper. But I would also add that it is then time-consuming. I was up early this morning writing up notes based on my calls yesterday but it does give you as Mikus Opal said that extreme focus on the task in hand you've got it on a piece of paper in front of you you've got all the names and all the numbers and actually when you get to the end of the list it's really gratifying you know you have that real sense of, of achievement um in my eyes anyway is, have, have, the, have the staff seen that the team um I think I think they, they they are still focused on when they get an appointment out of it so we had a, I had a uh, sort of, I wasn't in the office yesterday, but I had a text conversation with one of my guys, and he sort of said, "Oh, it wasn't a great out session because I rang these people, spoke to X number, but I didn't get anything out of it." And and I yeah. sort of said, "It's not what we should be focusing on." You spoke to these people, you reminded them of who we are, you reminded them maybe of the relationship that we built up in the past, and we will get something out of that in the long term. That's high performance, though. That they want to measure the results, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it's an indication of that. I think so. Yeah. Um, Tom, I'm going to ask you a, a different question now, because I think one of the reasons why perhaps you are able to connect with so many agents uh, online while we're having conversations like this as well um, is that uh, not only are you like the fastest fingers in, in the Northwest in terms of somebody puts something yeah. up, on Facebook or whatever, and there's a well-considered response often from you uh, along there, but you're really good at sharing some of the best ideas that we've sort of seen online. So can we shift from the prospecting element of what you've been doing and mm -hmm. talk about where, where a lot of those sort of considered thinking come from? Like what are some of your favorite podcasts that you listen to? Um, have you sort of, do you follow uh, any particular people um, or read any good books that sort of lead the way? Because one of the things that we want to bring into our guests is to sort of share where their expertise and their knowledge comes from so we can sort of scale it to our listener group as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think my, my, first, my first entry into this sort of whole world of high-performing, great estate agents was a long time ago, and it was um, Peter Knight had a, a website which I think was called at the time Estate Agency Academy, and it had videos of different trainers on there, um, and it had uh, a John McGrath, McGrath keynote speech and a couple of Australian people who were being videoed and talking about it. I thought, 
oh my God, there is a whole different way of doing a state agency and it's not the shit way to do it in this country. <laughs> and, it, you know, and it, it, it sounds really cheesy to say, but it totally opened my eyes up to it. And like a lot of people, I became obsessed with John McGrath. I, I became obsessed with how Australian estate agency or real estate worked. And I would listen to back then, you know, um, uh, Tom Panos' podcast, um, uh, when, he, when he used to go around and interview agents and there would be a full sort of 45-minute interview on there. I'd listen to uh, Real Estate Uncut. I would listen to Million Dollar Listing when it started. And they're great, but, but I think the problem that I have now when I'm sort of trying to talk to some of my guys in the team and advise new starters is you actually have to have a level of understanding of UK estate agency to understand how you can adapt some of the lessons from those to how we work here, you know. So um, I think over the last couple of years, the fact that you guys have started this, um, you know, Stephen and, and Luke and Andy have done the Estate Agency podcast. Um, I would even say occasionally there's some useful things in the Kerfuffle podcast, but, you know, only occasionally. Um, you know, that's brilliant for a estate agency. Um, but I think more now what I'm looking at is, well, other things from outside of that closed circle that we can bring in, um, that are a, a different way of looking at it and a different way of approaching it. So um, I'm listening to the, the High Performance Podcast, which is with Damien, um, uh, Damien Hughes, which is absolutely fantastic. I definitely recommend listening to that to anyone. Um, I know, Sam, you love James Altucher. Uh, you know, I, I listen to him whenever I can. I think it's just, it, he's probably one of the cleverest people I've ever come across and, and a completely different perspective on on life and, and how to approach things and things like that. Um, I am um, uh, not a massive fan of, of, of all of Rob Moore's podcast episodes. Um, I think some of his rants are very ranty, but the interviews with the, the, interviews with the, uh, sort of the business leaders can be really fascinating as well. Um, and I think as well, um, you know, I'm going back to reading a lot more than I used to. So a couple of books that I would 100% recommend anybody who's interested in this sort of development. Uh, Legacy by James Kerr, um, which we both, which all three of us have spoke about, I think. Absolutely brilliant book about building culture. Um, there's a, a, a book called Delivering Happiness um, by the founder of Zappos, who died recently, which is, which is really, really interesting. Um, Living Happiness, sorry, Tom. Delivering Happiness. They're, they're like an online company, shoe company, Zappos. Um, at yeah. Amazon, but they have a real good sort of customer service ethos. Um, uh, I love the book um, Moments of Truth, which Julian O'Dell recommends on his training course. It's about every time you have an interaction with a customer, they'll form a whole opinion of your company based on that one individual interaction with them. Uh, the book itself is a bit dated now, but the lessons are absolutely fantastic. Um, and um, a book that I try and get, we've mentioned Jeb Blount's as well, actually, Fanatical Prospecting, that's brilliant. Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, is, is really, really interesting as well. And then a, a book that I try and get everyone who starts with us to read, and most of them never do, is called High Edge. Um, and it's just, it's really, really simple. It, it's, it's about the compound effect of life. So, you know, every time you do something, you're either improving or declining. There's no such thing as staying constant. And so if you do lots and lots of small activities on a daily basis, at the end of the year, you'll be significantly ahead of the agent or the person who doesn't basically. Oh, and Atomic Habits as well. 
yeah, it's the other one that I would massively recommend. I'm going to stop there. I could just keep going and going and going. About yeah. Where Ron Clancy is, he's got his phone out and he's like, this book and this book, and I read this one. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit of a book nerd. Mm-hmm. You just said, oh, I'm trying to get back into reading, and then you reamed off this massive long list. <laughs> um, interestingly, I, I've got loads of, loads of notes there because I've not listened to all that. Atomic Habits is on my Christmas list because uh, on Sam's recommendation, I, was, uh, I signed up to the emails. Really like that. Um, you taught Legacy. Legacy was one, probably one of the first books I read. I got it for Christmas a couple of years ago when I started starting to get into this growth mindset. You mentioned the High Performance Podcast. Did you think, and I'm big into my rugby, so have you, read, have you listened to the uh, Psychology Woodward one on the High Performance Podcast? Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? The, um, I think he calls it teamship rules. Did you think that maybe the All Blacks had maybe seen what England did in 2003 and um, applied that, and that actually is what Legacy is all about? Yeah, massively. And it's interesting, though, because what I think, I'd heard about those teamship rules and the sort of Lombardi time a couple of times before, but what I didn't, what I'd never heard before that interview was Clive Wood would say, obviously if I hadn't agreed with what they said, we wouldn't have implemented it. Yeah. Um, because that's yeah. always been sort of the thing within our office. We've often sort of said, look, should we have that sort of meeting and establish some standards and let the team come up with the standards? But my worry had always been, well, maybe the standards won't be high enough and then we'll sort of agree to, We'll, we'll agree to standards that are lower than where we want them to be. Actually, hearing Clive Woodward say, but because you're the manager, you're the boss, you're the leader, if you don't like it, you can just challenge it and say, no, we're not doing that. You need to raise your standards. And I thought, oh, okay, actually, yeah, that's a yeah. different way of looking exactly, at it. Exactly, mm. exactly what I took from it as well. Really powerful um, episode. I, I, I listened to it. Um, on Tuesday, so we're recording this. So that's two days ago, going on a Thursday, um, and I'm thinking about recommending it to all all of the team here. So um, loads about personal growth and loads of learning there. Thank you very much. Yeah, final final question. You know what's coming, Tom? I know you do. Um, it is what does world class estate agency look like to you? Have you prepared? Well, so fully enough. You know, obviously, you guys have been doing this for about a year and a half, and and every time you get to that question when you do the podcast, I think, well, what would my answer be? And, and, and obviously it changes. And actually when, you know, I knew that you were going to ask me this today. So last night I thought, well, what would my answer be? And my answer today is probably significantly different to what it would have been even maybe six months ago. So um, I think for me, world-class estate agency is about establishing system or not establishing, but having systems, people and mindset, which create exceptional results for your clients. But, but the big change for me is that, that what you have to realize is that is not a destination. You, uh, and I know that sounds really cheesy, but you do not create that, that world-class estate agency and then that's, that's it. It's a continual improvement process. And that, that has to be the main focus of what we're doing as leaders is saying, look, have we got the right people? Do we have the right systems? Does, does everyone have the right mindset? where are we at now and then literally going back through everything and saying can we make those marginal gains those those 101 percent improvements which will create a hundred percent improvement next year and then when we do that start that entire process i think that that is a exceptional point and it's a real piece of clarity um for anybody listening out there that it is the cliche is it's a journey not a destination right but what you're really saying is that it's it's it is always changing you know, 
customer client expectations would be different today than when they were mm. six months ago. So why wouldn't your service differ? I've read an article this week where it said uh, the thing that is, that is most keeping this industry, and I'm talking about UK property industry, um, but I would imagine it's, there are a lot of industries um, in the same sort of boat, but the one thing or the main thing that's keeping it um, behind where it ought to be uh, is that the senior leadership of bigger organizations want to see someone else do it first, always. They're unwilling to take that risk um, to try the new thing, to evolve their practices, to continue on that journey until they see it's proven by somebody else, at which point they're always one step behind. You know, it's a bit like uh, the, all the stuff that's going on with the portals, right? Everyone just wants to be like Rightmove <laughs> rather than try and do something different to Rightmove mm. because that's the risk. And it's like, well, we'll see if someone else can do it. Um, so I think if that's your focus and that's what you deem to be world-class estate agency, then you're ahead of certainly your immediate competition where you guys are. But I think you're probably ahead of the majority of the people operating in our industry as well. Certainly not the agents who listen to this podcast, uh, but maybe those who listen to Kerfuffle. <laughs> Shots fired. I think that's a re- I think that's a really interesting point though because I think one of the things that um, back in so we started our business in 2007 which in hindsight was maybe not the best time to start the state agency business um, we did we did quite we did well um, but I think one of the things that happened was back in the day we would compare ourselves to the local competitors on the high street who by and large were were shit basically um and because we were better than them we thought we were amazing and and one of the things that these facebook groups and podcasts and and interacting with other estate agents online has realized is that number one we've been benchmarking ourselves against completely the wrong group of people and we need to find the best people in the industry and then benchmark ourselves against them and number two there's a lot of very good estate agents and you know um all joking apart when we sort of look, how long has it taken us to get, you know, how long has it taken me to get on the World Class Agency podcast? I don't think we run a World Class Agency. I think we run a good agency and we have aspirations to run a World Class Agency. Um, but, but I think that it's, it's, it's benchmarking ourselves against those ones in the industry that are world class or, or are certainly in the journey to be world class. It's going to get us there. And, and I think... Um that is exactly the point. And it, it reinforces what you just said was what world-class agency is. It's not claiming to be it, you know, but it's always striving for something better. Um, Tom, uh, I think it has taken too long to get you on this show. I think uh, you're very humble when you talk about your business um, because it is successful and will continue to go from strength to strength with all of the processes that you've been talking about today from Mark, me and all our listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, it's good to talk to you. We'll have you again on uh, soon. Have you on again soon. Nice. I must say thank you once again to Tom McGee from Your Move, Mary Ashton, for joining us on today's show. I don't know about you, Sam, but I really enjoyed the sort of, I know it's one of your favourite phrases, but the peeling back of the curtain into an agency that is applying something that we talk about on, on, on this show. So I thought it was loads of really practical tips about how he's taken what he's heard us and others talking about and implemented it in so I really appreciate this his time for that but for some of the key takeaways I liked his time blocks half the team nine to ten half the team 
one till two, a very um, formal set system that's really easy for, for your team to, to get involved in, a minimum of 15 calls going out of the CRM where, where possible. Um, and I don't know about you, but if I started this on Monday and by Thursday I booked five market appraisals, I'd be well chuffed with you. Yeah, 100%. Um, I just think it shows that uh, prospecting works. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, I think what we should probably do is just have a catch up with Tom, whether it's a full episode or whether it's just 10 or 15 minutes at the end of January or something like that, just to see how those habits are formed um, and where his business has gone in the early part of next year as well. Because um, I think he's exactly right about that Christmas day analogy stretching through to probably December. Um, there, there's a lot of agents out there who are kind of winding down. Um, and mm -hmm. I mean, I, I talked about this yesterday. I'm having quite a big holiday at the end of the year where effectively I'm going to try and sleep through the day as well as at night, because it's been really, that, that will be the only holiday I've had this entire year or the only time away from work and a screen and a webcam, um, that yeah. I've had this year. Um, but I want to make the next two and a half weeks count, you know, whereas there are people who have probably worked just as hard this year, but are already sort of winding down and there's, there's stuff about benchmarking we'll talk about later on as well. Um, so yeah, what they'll, they'll widen that gap now. Um, but the real results I think, uh, and the real benefit and that sort of feeling of, Oh, wow, this is the way, you know, to borrow a phrase from the Mandalorian, um, will come towards the end of January when perhaps Tom's competition is doing some core stuff again, you know, and they're a bit more, a bit more fired up for the new year. Um, you'll see, I think Tom will still have results over and above anything they would have expected. And those results are because um, he's, he's putting the hard yards in. I'm exactly the same um, out of interest. And it would be really easy now just to say, right, okay, we're at the end of the year. We're going to go out for, well, you can't really, well, you can't hear anyway, go out for business lunches, all of this sort of thing. But actually, I'm going to take the time at the end of the year with the family away from work, shut off completely, but I'm putting the work in now over the next two weeks to get there. So he's obviously instilled that in his team, got by him, which is fantastic. But he's talking about building relationships, not having a formal script. So not only he taught, he said he's, he's sort of trying to nail the quantity first and worry about the quality later. But actually, the quality is probably there to a certain extent because he's driving the team to build relationships rather than sell. And those relationships, as you say, well, we would then expect to come to fruition further on down the line. So yeah, I absolutely agree that um, we're getting back on to, to analyze it. Your analogy of Christmas Day was really weird, but um, he talked about the decathlete that was training on Christmas Day. I read Tools of Titans and there was a ultra marathon runner who talked about training in the rain. It's the same type of thing and it's the same that Heather talked about last week. When other people aren't doing stuff, if you do it, then you're going to get massive benefits. So um, yeah, it'd be really, be really great to, to get him back on. I know you want to talk about the, the benchmarking and benchmarking um, against the, the wrong sort of people. What did you think about that as, a, as an analogy, Sam? I, so I'd, I'd never heard that before, but it makes complete sense. Um, and yeah. uh, with permission, Tom, and because I know you'll be listening, I'm going to say that three times and I'm going to pretend that it's my own to my own team, <laughs> um, except for the few of them that listen to this as well. Um, I think when you think of it like that, how many agents listeners of our show, those that don't listen, any of the other great podcasts that Tom mentioned, look at their local competitors 
and think, and I used to do this when I was an agent, right? Like um, I operated in a reasonably nice area of sort of inner Southeast Brisbane. Um, and I got better over time. But even when I started, I was like, I got into it because I was like, I'm going to be better than this bloke, you know? Um, yeah. And that was who I was comparing myself to, you know? So immediately thinking I'm going to be better than that guy made me think that I was good when the reality is I sucked because I wasn't looking at the right people to compare myself to. And I think Tom has articulated that beautifully. If you're just looking at your town, you're benchmarking yourself against the wrong people. You know, you've got to look for the best. Um, he, he said it perfectly. Facebook's a great place to find a community of people that want to be better. You know, that maybe have the same values and principles as you that challenge themselves and each other that call you out and your bullshit. That's half the battle sometimes. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think he's probably seen his business grow sorry, Siri, uh, off the back of uh, benchmarking himself against some of these other people, you know? Um, and it, 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 I don't know about you, but it does make complete sense. So if, you, if, if you're listening to this and you're looking at your, I logged on to LinkedIn this morning, the first thing I saw was a right move pie chart where a guy was like, <laughs> we're ending in the year number one, but where the dates of which uh, the agent in question had done, he'd, he'd put a little white square over. <laughs> So yeah, again, again, it's just like the, the untrained eye wouldn't see that, but I like to think that I've got quite a trained eye these days. Um, <laughs> is that where you want to benchmark yourself at, you know, or do you want to be looking at processes and systems and conversations? You know, are you the best question asker in your area? You know, do you understand more of your marketplace um, than anybody else? And that's not just, four bed, two bath, detached, worth 375,000. That's motivations, you know, wants, hopes, dreams, needs, you know, um, all that sort of stuff. So that you just demonstrated there, asking those questions, which maybe, maybe not, the people, if you're only benchmarking against people in your town, those people in your town might not be asking those questions. And if you ask different questions, are we striving to be better? Um, then that will stand you in really good stead. He talked, the funny thing is, Tom's answer for world-class agency, one of my favorite answers, by the way, um, but his answer was the perfect demonstration of itself. So he said, my answer today would be, it is different to what it would have been six months ago. And he then talked about having systems and mindsets which create exceptional results for your clients, but it's about continuous improvement. So um, kudos to Kudos to Tom because the continuous improvement he actually demonstrated within his answer. I'm, I'm sure that wasn't intentional if it was fair play, but um, I just thought that was a fantastic way to talk about where I think both me and you and hopefully all of our listeners are aiming to get. I just thought it was a phenomenal answer. Agreed. You know, it, it's, it's like um, Usain Bolt breaks a world record in 2006 or whatever it was for the first time or whenever he did it. He doesn't just go, cool, <laughs> all right, I'll go back to McDonald's and I won't worry about it from there. You know, yeah, he wants to break the next world record. He wants to get faster. He knows other people are going to be coming for him. So true world-class anything. You know, if you want to be a world-class dad, you evolve your parenting practices over time to um, specifically serve, you know, your market, which is if you've got a baby, it's different to if you've got a teenager, right? Um, so I think... <laughs> Not looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> uh hopefully they sleep a bit more um it's the same in agency you know the the client the customer the marketplace of 2020 was vastly different to that of 2019 
Um, and even without yeah. a pandemic, it would have been because the market was different, you know, um, next year will be different again. So you've got to look at your practices and you've got to adapt them. I think one of the things within um, Tom's answer that's important to perhaps uh, just to speak on uh, very briefly is that he talks about systems, people and mindset. And I think those three concepts are constants, um, but they can each be adapted within. So your systems can change, but the constant is to have systems, you know, um, yeah. the people may change, but the constant is to have really good people around you, you know, um, and your mindset has changed, but the constant is to make sure that it's open. It's positive. Um, it's, Trying to think of a better growth mindset. Those two. It's a growth mindset. Thank you, Mark. Which was gracias. And Matthew, thank you um, once again to Tom McGee. Um, one of my favourite episodes. Um, it's now ten to nine. The team are just arriving. Um, I'm fired up. We're going to have a fantastic day. Um, a fantastic episode. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. Please rate, review, and, and share today's podcast. I'm Matt Oral. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again next week.